In March of 2020, a deadly virus swept across the globe. Donald Trump made an announcement to shut down the economy. Everywhere, restaurant owners told their employees to stay home, thinking that this would help stop the spread of the virus. But then something strange happened. They asked the workers to come back, and then to leave again, and then to come back. They were living in a sort of dreamland. They were simultaneous, where simultaneously the novel coronavirus was deadly enough to shut down a unionizing workplace, but also it was impossible to contract while seated, maskless, at a table. A group of small business owners called the NYC Hospitality Alliance argued that contract, contact tracing data showed the virus hadn't been transmitted at restaurants, but rather at indoor gatherings. Why did I just become Australian? But no one knows. <laughs> but no one was asking whether indoor gatherings had happened at restaurants, which would have rendered the entire argument meaningless. So what was really happening? Thank you for your service. Bye. Hey, what's up, everyone? You might remember my next guest if you're a hardcore PDA fan, and especially if you're a fan of the series. Thank you for your service. From the first episode we did of this, my buddy Alex Moore, welcome How's to the show. Guys? You might remember Alex as the guy who we, we found a dead body in our bar. That was the story. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I had a fucking, I had like road gigs after that where people were like, like they thought I was gonna tell the dead body story on stage. We were like, talk about the dead body. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, he really just kind of spin, like because he wasn't even like in the bar. He was over it. Yeah, and he was melting into the the nail salon next door. <laughs> yeah, he was like uh, turning into terrifying icicles. You know. Yeah, body Blood. melt. Yeah. Anyways, man, uh, I'm glad to talk to you. I haven't fucking come and seen you in a long time because I've been, yeah. you know, pretty busy myself. And I uh, during the you know the, the pandemic, um, I feel like I fucking just ran by your bar every once every few months or something. It was like, oh, now it's a window. Now it's a tent. Okay, how are we fuck are we doing this? Um, yeah, we we went through a whole evolution. Uh, first, we when we first got the okay to open. We set up uh, on the, at the front, like the normal entrance, which I was uh, firmly against because uh, it's on Wyckoff. And for I guess your listeners who aren't familiar with New York City, Wyckoff's a very busy, noisy, very visible like street for like uh, like police and everything. And then uh, my first shift back. Uh, I had these, uh, I got a summons, uh, from the police cause they had, uh, this, uh, Lieutenant 
officer or uh, Lieutenant Michael Bish. I wonder why he became a cop. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm not kidding. B I S Bish, yeah, B I S H. But he, um, like him, and I guess his side partner uh, turned a traffic ca- a, a camera that set to monitor traffic on the pretty busy intersection we're we're on to just watch us and wait for like someone to fuck up because in the early part of the pandemic there wasn't um i mean that's the other thing like these rules and regulations have just been constantly changing every like almost weekly um and at the start you couldn't you could only take shit to go and couldn't consume alcohol on the streets uh and so they turned this camera that's meant to monitor like hit and runs and shit and just focused on us yeah, they just yeah. turned a traffic light onto the bartender. Yeah, uh, and then pulling this like really, really lazy wire sting type situation where they like the first time they came by and just like threw down like this printed out like picture of um, my coworker and some people doing shots outside. And he was like, "Oh, well, um, you know, we, you know, we're just trying to do our jobs here. You know, it's just against regulations, a warning. Uh, so we don't want to have to come back." We're like. Okay, we won't, you know, because we didn't know that we can just do shots like, uh, you know, at the front. So day goes by. We tell people, like, you can't really drink that here. You got to go around the corner or, like, just go somewhere else. Uh, And then I guess towards the end of the night, my off-duty coworker and his roommate got around and then just did the shots right outside the bar, which I didn't see. And then this is like right at closing time. So I'm sitting down about to do money and they just barge in. Like, what do we tell you? What do we do? Listen, we just, you know, we, we gave you a warning. Uh, uh, you know, really tried to, uh, you know, be, be cool here. And we're just like, what? And the, uh, I, so and just purely because I was sitting down and closest, I had the ticket was put in my name. Yeah. And it just says breach of emergency statute. Like, oh, we've got any questions. Uh, and now's the time to ask. I'm like, okay, well, what is it specifically? He's like, oh, we'll just call that number. Uh, so what, well, how much is the fine? Is it to me or is it the bar? Oh, listen, I uh, think you should really just call that number. They'll really take care of your questions. I'm like, all right, well, then you fucking useless. So I went to court today because it's kept beginning. This is this also, this happened a year ago, just about. And it's the court date's been pushed back and pushed back because of COVID. And I got to Kew Gardens with my boss, uh, which is deep in Queens and very annoying to get to. And they were just out. These cops were just outside. So like, yeah, no, we're not doing that today. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Check the website. <laughs> so they did a sting on you like the first week that that yes. fucking shit was like outside. That's so fucking stupid. It really, I mean, the thing is, this was pre-George Floyd, so cops in the city were unbelievably bored. Yeah. Because there wasn't, like, no one was out, no one could be out, uh, so they just kind of had to make as much money for the city as they can and as creatively as they could, I guess. But, yeah, it's, I don't know, I hope they just throw it out. I mean, I don't think that... I don't think Lieutenant Bish is going to remember to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Officer Bish. I know. God, that's so funny. It's <laughs> really dumb. All those people either become cops or like substitute teachers for some reason. <laughs> yeah, like gym teachers. Yeah. 
Okay, well, I mean, sorry that the fucking law came down on you. That's really stupid. Yeah. But it's, um, it's all right. So, I mean, the way that the bars are now kind of set up, it's like you're just kind of inside, and then you wait until customers come by, and they can't yeah. really come inside. Is Has it just been boring? I mean, what's it like? Yeah, I mean, I used to, like, when it was boring, we used to, I had a TV in the bar, so I would just put on, like, weird anime I'd find on YouTube that who's uh like rights had lapsed so I would just watch like weird shit and listen to music. But now we just have like a security camera system so that TV's just tuned into like the camera that's facing the patio outside. Oh now you're officer bish. Now I'm officer now I'm the narc. <laughs> it sucks. Like I yeah I, I saw a dude at like the very end of the patio like go around the barricade very obviously do a massive rail off his hand. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> like what yeah. fucking whatever, dude, just wear a mask. <laughs> I know. That's the other thing. Like with this, it's like now, cause there's only one bathroom people can use. It's even more painfully obvious when people just go to the bathroom to do blow. Yeah. It's like, like Oh man, man, the seal's broken, man. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> Like, yeah, all right. Probably get that looked at. Well, just put it inside of your mask. I know. <laughs> like, just do it in public. Uh, I know the amount of just like I mean, bartending is already objectively just babysitting for adults, but now it's just like to quote <laughs> um, fucking South Park, just making sure everyone's face diapers are uh, like securely fastened. Yeah. Well, damn, dude. I mean, that sounds uh pretty rough i was hoping you know that somebody died at the bar again i don't know why i thought it would happen again or some people uh i mean there is a silver lining to it though because like i have to wear a mask and i i can just be as mean and fucking catty to people as i want yeah it's it's like working at dick's last resort like and it's just the perfect (laughs) job like i oh man like because people i mean it's People are always going to be stupid when they go to a bar, but now, like, they'll be at the front, like, oh, so what, what do you have? And I'm like, there's a menu, like, literally taped to the table in front of them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's a menu right here. And they're just, oh, man, oh, sorry, I didn't see it. I'm like, that's okay. Bushwick's <laughs> full of writers, not a lot of readers. <laughs> And that usually lands really well, but that one woman <laughs> really fucking angry at me. <laughs> Damn, like, struck a nerve, huh? Yeah, I have I have no qualms about like telling people you call this the tip. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just like oh yeah, there was this other woman. Like start of the day, she wants a giant like quart container frozen drink, which we do, and then like vegan nachos to go. And I'm like okay. Wasn't rude or shitty. I was just like, all right, that's fine. Uh, and then I just, she does it on card and then just leaves nothing. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. And she's like, what? I mean, you're not serving me. I'm like, well, what an asshole. I'm making your drink and like I get paid through tips. And she's like, well, aren't you the owner? I'm like, no. Why do you assume? <laughs> why would the owner be working? Why? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> People's under, I mean, I've said this for a long time. Like, I think. The service industry should operate like the IDF. Like everyone just has to do a tour. Yeah. 
just to just understand. Uh, and then she, I'm like, I'm just like, you know, it's fine. It's just like, I'm letting you know. And she's like, well, you're being kind of rude. And I'm like, I'm really, I'm just like, I really want to be like, listen, I'm really not. And then she wanted to talk to the owners. I'm like, well, they're not here. And my owners are very cool. And they would have been extremely rude to her. Uh, and then she tried to come in and watch me make the drink. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. And then she just canceled her order. I'm like, all right. I'm glad neither of us are happy. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and then, I mean, there's so many people that just call and ask like, yeah, so we can come in and play pool. Right. I'm like, listen, what you fucking, <laughs> yeah. Are you like the dumbest Encino man? Like you just like got thawed out. And just think everything's like cool because like a couple people have gotten vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, damn, dude. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you know, pretty much people are as horrible as usual, but in like a new setting. Yeah. Um. Well, thanks for talking to me, man. Um. Uh, anyone who is new to the show and likes these service industry episodes, you must. Sign up for the Patreon and listen to the first one to hear <laughs> fucking Alex talking about this dead body we found when we were bartending. It's the funniest goddamn thing ever. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> I feel really bad about my post promoting that shit. Oh, man, it was so good. <laughs> All right. All right, man. All right. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. What do you have? Dracula Mountian? Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me at Dracula underscore Mountian because I misspelled mountain. Uh, I, I don't have a sh show you can hear. Uh, <laughs> you can send me money on Venmo if you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Alex dash more two O's dash one two nine. <laughs> uh, hey, man, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I, I doubt it, but. <laughs> All right, let's get the fuck right. out of here. Okay, hello everyone. Now I'm talking to my friend Madison Davis out of LA, who is a friend of mine who works in the service industry service. out there. Um, uh, Madison, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I stayed up until 4 a.m. last night because I worked and I drank too much coffee to go to sleep. And I woke up and drank more coffee and I'm not going to break the cycle. Yeah, I kind of did that too. Shit's fucking weird. Um, you work in like fancy restaurants, right? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fancy. Yeah. What's that like? How's that been over COVID? Well... I do have to say that it was pretty cool to see that my regulars were really actually actively trying to take care of us. Yeah. Um, but the not so regular people became the worst. I don't even know how it happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Did you get like uh, no mask people or what's the. What's oh my God. Beverly Hills was. I, so I, I work really, really, really close to Beverly Hills. And those are, there were like Trump rallies there. Beverly Hills is a weird place, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. People were either like refusing to wear masks when they came in or like getting their temperature checked, stuff like that. 
or they'd be wearing like Trump face masks, which is like the new fucking bumper sticker. Which I'm always <laughs> like, if, if you have a political bumper sticker on, you better be an excellent driver. Same like you're coming in with a Trump mask. You better not be a fucking asshole because you're making it worse. Yeah. Well, you're besmirching the good name of Donald Trump for one. Yeah, uh, he, he does not like that. <laughs> what is what's the worst thing that happened to you in the last year at a restaurant that would, I guess, make a funny podcast? If someone you know killed you, then don't tell me that story. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have any nightmare uh, stories? Well, I guess, like, something that has been, like, stuck in my crawl for a long time, like, I haven't been able to not be pissed about it every time I think about it. Uh, this woman ordered on Grubhub, and she said she had a severe dairy allergy. So I called her and told her she couldn't get what she was getting, and we and we fixed it. I didn't realize that French fries had, like, it's the same fryer as the dairy, whatever. So I call her and I'm like, so we can't give you French fries. I'm going to put a baked potato in there instead. And she starts screaming at me. That's not what I ordered. And I said, you said you had a severe dairy allergy. I'm trying not to kill you. And she's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, well, don't lie about allergies <laughs> over the phone. Yeah. And then she gets the food and it's cold. What she got was a really thin piece of grilled chicken with a salad on top, a cold salad, and french fries, and the Grubhub dude was late to pick it up, and the food was cold, and she was insisting that I do something about it. I'm like, there's nothing, you, there's nothing, I didn't do any of this, it was Grubhub, and she's like, it's ridiculous. She's just screaming at me, and I'm yelling back at her, and my manager's eyes are all big, but I'm like, no, I'm right, I'm not... <laughs> You're, no. Come pick it up if you want hot food. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy that she would just lie about that. The dairy allergy. The, she's put severe. She didn't just say dairy allergy. She put severe. Like, if I had given her the french fries and it was true, she would have been really sick. That's weird because it's either she's lying or she's just like... No, give me diarrhea. Like I want to have <laughs> diarrhea. Fuck. I you. want really expensive diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. Um, how's LA been in general? I'm really talked to a lot of people out there. Um, I am pretty sick of everyone. Uh, just like where I, around where I work, I feel like people really don't want to wear face masks because I've spent so much money fixing their face. That's not fair to them to have to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, the first night that we reopened, so I, I do have to say, like, when we were closed the first time we were just doing takeout and deliveries, I felt better than I have in a really long time, and it made me think about that. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to figure out something else to do. So that's that was a lot. But when we first started opening, so the first night, I have to wear a shield. I'm wearing two face masks. I can't hear because I've stood too close to way too many speakers in my life. And 
she I thought she said no cheese, but she said no peas in her pasta. And <laughs> it was a three hundred dollar bill. And she stiffed me on the first night of reopening. COVID-19. God damn. Like. Just straight up stiffed me because there were peas in your pasta. I brought her a side of cheese. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> eat around the peas. They're really obvious. Yeah. Just don't eat them. Huge and green. I, I don't have tolerance for customers like other places I go right now either. Like I went down to Inglewood and I was waiting in line to get barbecue. And this white guy in line looks at me and says, this is the best ethnic food in L.A. <laughs> and I just looked around to make sure no one heard him because I didn't want to get any of his blood on me. Yeah, hell like, yeah. What a fucking asshole. What an idiot. I just hate. <laughs> I'm just like. It's, it's, it's tough out there right now. I don't know how people got more terrible i feel like this should have been time for people to look inside see that kindness is all we fucking have in this world because everything else is a construct we're all like everyone's like people are becoming multi 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 billionaires and we're like begging for 15 dollars an hour so it's like, we're all we have, so just be fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people that are, like, taking this time to be introspective and cool. It's just that they're at home inside, and then all the douchebags are... That's, that's you know what? That is really accurate, because the people that were, like, storming the castle to get back inside aren't the people that are working on themselves. You're totally right about that. Yeah, no, I, for those people, it was like a political statement to be like, I want to, you know, go to a buffet. Fuck you, you don't tell me I can't. <laughs> I want to make a server cry in person. <laughs> I know, I have my first vaccine shot, so I'm going to get my second one, and I'm going to go fuck shit up, so maybe I'll come your way. Yeah, well, maybe I'll see you too, because I got, I, I got fat-vaxxed. I'm waiting on my second one, but I qualified for the, like, body mass index one, because I got fat over quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's That's soon. one way to get in line for it, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone should just get vaccinated. There's, like, a manufactured thing that they're trying to make us fight over with, like, oh, you're cutting the line. Everyone should just get it as fast as possible. I mean, yeah, I think everyone is going to get it by May, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I'm going to go get some wheels and come out, drive across country soon. So hopefully I'll see you then. All right, man. Well, uh, where can my listeners follow you and all that shit? Um, Instagram, secret agent pussy pants. Um, <laughs> you have to use three S's because Instagram is sexist and won't let you have pussy in your name. Wow. Um, and Twitter at bagel dogging. Cool, man. All right. I will see you soon. All right, bye, Jake. Bye. Okay, I'm now joined by Alexander Edward and Tony Boswell. You may know them as Minion Death Cult. Very good friend of ours here at the show. Welcome back, boys. Hey, good to see you. It's good to see you, too. I miss, you know, it's been quarantine. I've missed seeing your goddamn faces, even though I'm 99.999% friends with you just through the internet. Yeah. Um, 
you're gonna have when quarantine is over you're gonna have to make a special flight back up to seattle just to sleep on my floor again yeah no i'll, <laughs> I'll bring like something that amplifies my snoring somehow and makes it even louder for you so that you remember what it was like the yeah. time we met um <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I will see you. I'm thinking about going on a, on a fucking trip after this shit ends. But anyway, fuck yeah, all that. Yeah. The reason we're here to, is to talk about, um, you know, basically what's happened working in the last year. Um, I know that both you are working boys and have had mm-hmm. to endure the quarantine uh, while, you know, at your jobs. So I guess we should start off with Tony. Uh, tell me about the bakery, man. Yeah, so uh, in the beginning of quarantine, like last, like before quarantine started, even I took a job at a bakery, um, a nice like high end European style sourdough, like focusing bakery, and it was awesome. And I had a really lovely time there, like learning about bread, like learning more about baking and all that stuff. Worked for this guy who was, you know, at the end of the day, a small business tyrant, and he really showed his colors around quarantining and. Um, and the pandemic and everything, uh, right before the election, um, I do I do some like local stuff, some like you know local organizing and stuff like that. And I also live in some pretty densely populated uh, with racism areas, like type places <laughs> that I'm like right around. So every once in a while, I'll get a I'll get a nice little threat here and there. And um, I got a threat at work um, that involved my work. It had a picture of my car in front of work, and was basically just like, "Hey, I think you should uh, stay home on election day." Because I was going to go do election support, like, you know, voting support if people needed to be escorted to or from. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to go and take the week off. Took the week off. He, he, I had his full support. He was like, in, he was cool with it. My boss was cool with it. He even paid me for one of those days. Um, and then uh, and then I had a quarantine the next week because someone who lives with me got exposed. So I had a quarantine and I did my days. I did my uh, two, two negative tests and 10 days at home, not moving, not going anywhere two negative tests and I call, I'm like, cool. So I'm ready to come back and, uh, next week. And he's like, you know what? Next week. And then that next week was next week. And the whole and, time, correct me if I'm wrong. The whole time yeah. he was, it is like, Oh no, take all the time you need, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, a, he was like helping me out. He was like my bud. Yeah. Yeah. He was like holding me down. Um, and then I'll, I was like, Hey dude, um, I, Christmas is coming and I have, a, I have a kid and stuff. I, and I have bills. I, I kind of need to work. And he's like, well, you know, we hired a couple people and, uh, and, uh, there's not really room on your schedule anymore. And I was like, okay, well let me know when I can come back. And he just never talked to me again, never put me back on the schedule. And it's like caused this awful mess with like unemployment where, um, they're giving me kind of a hard time, um, because I was never really fired and all this stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, fucking small business tyrants, like unbelievable. And I was like, I like ran the front. I don't, it's one of those things. I don't understand what the deal is. It, it made no sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just left me off the schedule and helped me out to drive. And he, he was like supposed to be like my, I mean, I never liked him, but you know, he, in his head, he was like my bro. Yeah, sure. And it's like, that's fucking insane. But yeah, small business tyrants, they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> Damn dude. That sucks. Cause I enjoyed that bread. Yeah. And that was a sense of Amber, but, um, I, it's allowed me to kind of do it at home now. So now I bake out of my own house and, uh, and do a little cottage thing where I bake bread and I actually ship a bunch of it um, kind of across the country. Um, I ship like four or five loaves in New York every week. It's kind of cool. Oh, cool. Because like my Facebook feed is supposed to be 
uh, you know, like 70 year olds with dying minds uh, getting mad at a fake quote of Ilhan Omar saying uh, we should kill all white people. Yet she yet she is married to one, you know, or whatever. Um, <laughs> it's with pictures of uh, bread that Tony's been sending to various people on my friends list. Uh, yeah, it rules. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's much more wholesome. Yeah, I mean, it could have been, for all you know, any like weird strategic uh, hiring or firing or, you know, laying off or whatever, depending on how these like various loans and stuff play into all this shit. So, man, who fucking knows, dude? What it really was with him is like he's just kind of like a coward. And like it went too long, you know, and it was it, it was kind of like he ghosted me, you know, my boss ghosted me. He's just a little fucking baby. And, and, I, and he could have just been like, hey, dog, um, so uh, you're done here. Um, we're done here. But instead, he said nothing. And the most recent thing I saw is that they're hiring. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would he do you like that? I don't know. I love it, though, because, like, now I got people buying bread for me, like, instead of him sometimes, and that makes me really happy, um, you know, and I'm, like, making bread that's kind of, like, shitting on his bread, and his bread's really good, um, so that's kind of fun, um, but, you know, shout out to the homies that still work there, you know, they, they, big ups to them, they're still good folks putting love into a good product, but, um, Kevin himself can definitely fuck off forever. Damn. Well, maybe you'll get so good at bread. This is like when like a student gets kicked out of a dojo and then they start like Cobra Kai or whatever. And you'll like, exactly the plan. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to sweep the leg, bro. <laughs> uh, Alexander Edward, I, I don't know. I really know how to segue into asking you about this, but you seem very angry about your job on the internet a lot. So I think you should just. <laughs> what's the what's the worst thing that happened this year um yeah so i'm a ups driver and uh i think i think it might be like a case of of i don't know like self-reporting or something because i don't think i'm angrier at my job than most other people i'm just in a union so i'm allowed to constantly talk shit about my company online like, I actually fairly like my job, but I'm also able to just, like, air dirty laundry the entire time without worried about getting fun. Like, I can call a customer a bitch on Twitter, and, yeah. like, it's it's fine. Um, oh, yeah. The, the most, I for me, so I've been working this whole pandemic, and uh, the pandemic kind of started uh, right after the holiday season in 2020, and our hours during the holiday season are nuts from like, you know, beginning of November through like January, you know, uh, 20th or whatever. It's just like 12 to 14 hour days nonstop. Uh, and then the pandemic hit. And so those hours like never actually subsided because people were staying home. They were ordering a lot of stuff online. Uh, I live in Seattle. I was delivering in Capitol Hill at the time, which is, you know, filled with uh, unnatural amounts of wealth. And so people just had money to, you know, probably work from home and uh, buy shit. They were tired of looking at their apartments all day. So they wanted another rug or, you know, an, another piece of uh, furniture or whatever. And just uh, it was like being in a waking nightmare just every day having to work uh about 14 hours and 
we were complaining. We were trying to get them to hire more people. Uh, but of course, they made, you know, they can't hire anybody because you have to be on car to train somebody. And so we, you know, due to the six foot rule, you can't be on car with somebody. And so it's just a convenient thing. Well, you know, why weren't they hiring more people previously? We've always been pretty overworked. Um, and I, at one point, one of my coworkers complained like directly to our center manager, like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, we need a fucking break, you know, after six months of solid 12, 14 hour days. Uh, and dude was like, well, legally I have you for 14 hours. So your, your ass is mine for 14 hours. Uh, because yeah. due to the DOT regulations, like that's how long we can be on the clock every day. And it's just another instance of employers just taking advantage of the pandemic to, you know, and this, that's not to say that like, you know, employ employers didn't also, uh, you know, have to shut down or, or whatever due to genuine concerns or genuine reasons, but people like Tony's boss, people like, uh, the, the people who owned Augie's coffee shop, uh, in the Inland empire, California, you know, they took the pandemic as an excuse to fire, yeah. uh, their unionizing workforce. Oh, we're, we're closing our stores, uh, for the safety of our employees. Yeah, uh, they have no jobs, uh, then they, they can't get sick and demand health care. Right, so right. It's it wasn't like I was on the front lines of, uh, you know, coronavirus or whatever, it, nowhere near as stressful or uh, exhausting as, you know, being being a nurse or a doctor or, you know, a, a paramedic response team or anything like that during this time. But I was also in and out of hospitals. Uh, every day I was delivering first Hill and Capitol Hill, which is <coughs> medical centers and hospitals. And it was just like, it's kind of frightening for like the first three months of like, Oh, I can't touch my face. I have an itch in my eye. I have to f try and pull my truck over and find a, a restroom where I can wash my hands so I can like wipe the sweat out of my eyes. Um, I can't open a can of a can of delicious polar soda water. Mm. <laughs> my hands might be contaminated with the virus um and then after a certain point you just like kind of stop caring <laughs> like you you i was still observing all the safety measures i was still wearing a mask i was still social distancing i was still like uh trying to be careful but you touch so many fucking doorknobs you go through so many pairs of gloves uh that you're just like well i don't know i probably already had it i guess I always see you on like Facebook posting like, you know, photos of like some crazy sign that a person put up where they're like, you know, either really adamant that you do or do not wear a mask or something crazy like that. Like what, what, <laughs> what was that shit like? I mean, did you get like deranged weirdos fucking with you? Totally. Um, Seattle is, is great for that sort of thing. The greater Seattle area is just full of like cranks. It's just such a mix of great personality types. Um, one funny sign I saw was uh, like a hand-drawn kind of Etsy looking sign, you know, with like different fonts, but they did it by hand. Uh, and it says delivery folks and tenants. So this was at like an apartment complex. Yeah. And then like a little heart. And then it says, feel free to use natural hand cleaner contains <laughs> filtered water tea tree oil and lavender essential oil thank you and stay safe <laughs> <laughs> oh god the stay safe is really like the fucking punch at the end of that 
I'm going to use this communal jar of water to pour on my hands. That sounds. <laughs> but the, the craziest note uh, was this one from a customer who left this taped to their door uh, that says, Dear UPS man, after putting on a mask and gloves, carefully yes. remove contents of packages, discard shipping and packing material, disinfect contents. FDA approved disinfectant for at least 30 seconds. <laughs> Leave it door. Do not touch door. Leave area. <laughs> Happy face. Oh, man. I remember that like early part of the pandemic when like people were cleaning their groceries and stuff because we thought, oh, it can live on like surface yeah. areas and stuff. But like that's on you to clean your own shit. That's such a weird thing to push off on like the delivery guy as if you can even... It's going to be sitting downstairs anyway. I mean, how does your mind not wander and, you know, go like it's probably just just clean it your fucking self. I don't know. Yeah, this is just somebody with like no friends. This is somebody with nobody else to like help them or tell them like, yeah, this is what you have to do. Like this is totally like an ins insular person whose whose entire world revolves around themselves uh, for better or for worse. Yeah. And they're yeah, this is what you have to do for me. Um, I like the. uh there's so many, so many good parts of this. I love the discard shipping and packing material. I love that. It's just you know, it's the trash goes in the trash can, folks. I can't stress that enough. Yeah. I I was recently accused of um, always seeing the worst in people. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and try to combat that right now and think that maybe this person is, is actually just hilarious. Like, what if this person is just really funny? And just knows no one's gonna do this, and is like a, like a real life shit poster. Listen, they just do it like in real life on their door with a printout sign. Let me tell you tell you something from my experience as like a stand up, right? Um, you know, c comedy like stand up, sort of this weird bug light that attracts like just lunatics and people from the fringes of society. And open mics are really fun to watch because they're often, you know, just like the weirdest, most mentally ill people come in and. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just doing disturbing performance art, but in their head, they think they sound like George Lopez or something. And, like, there's this meta thing that happens where we always get fixated on one person, and we're like, this guy's so funny, but not on purpose. And, well, comedians will sort of eventually, eventually someone goes, what if he's a genius? What if he's, like, Andy Kaufman, and he's doing this on purpose? And the thing is... He never is. No one is that smart. Like, it would be really cool if somebody was playing, like, weird Amelie-style yeah. pranks on Alexander <laughs> while he was at work to try to teach him about life or whatever, but <laughs> it's probably just an asshole. Well, I like, so I posted this uh, on Twitter, and a lot of people responded to it, and, like, the, the number one response was, like, you know, laughing at this person, and there was, like, mental illness discourse in the replies, which, please, don't ever do that on Twitter, um, but... The like a, a very prominent response was, "I am I am so sorry you have to deal with this." Like, dear God, I I totally respect and love my UPS guy, which is cool. Like, I mean, most customers are very nice to us, and uh, we try. I at least I try to be nice back because I have a degree of autonomy where I can just like tell them to fuck off if I don't want to talk to them anymore. Basically, um, but this sign didn't bother me at all. I thought it was hilarious. Like. 
I was it's worth getting the sign by being able to take a photo of the sign and post it because it's funny. Like I read this and like chuckled to myself, snapped a photograph and then walked away uh, without ever doing any of these. I mean, I was already wearing a mask, so I guess I did that part and I did leave it at the door and then left the area. So I did those parts of it. Did uh did you ever have to deliver anything to the Chaz? Is that ha- like is that allowed? <laughs> did anyone ever like Grubhub anything from there or anything? Not that you work for them, but uh, um, I didn't. I didn't have that specific block of like uh, was it Pine? It was like Pine and Twelfth, right around the uh, police station. I I went there a few times and I I helped them with security a couple nights. Um, there was like the the uh, management was like asking me about the situation downtown because I lived right. I lived like, you know, three or four blocks away and they were like asking me about, you know, what's what's the status? What is it like? And I was like, I don't know. It's just like people playing music and like giving away free food and like, you know, unhoused people in tents. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like some delivery driver, some UPS guy got assaulted to some degree like in uh the park by that area or around that area and it really just sounded to me like you know somebody with mental illness uh which is very prominent in capitol hill there's a lot of unhoused people and when you know they all are in one area uh it's gonna be it's gonna be just a concentration of the same type of like uh what is it called? Like marginalized and at risk people and what happens to them just in a more concentrated area. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Damn, man. All right. Well, uh, listen, thanks for joining me. It's always a fucking fun time hanging out with you guys. Uh, if my listeners are not familiar with minion death cult, it's a fucking great podcast. And it's also a really fun follow on Twitter. If you enjoy weird shit from, um, Facebook, I did you guys see that thing I tagged you in it a while back? I found this fucking uh, <laughs> this, oh yeah, yeah, this Blue Lives Matter Doctor Seuss like cat in the hat meme. That was yeah. kind of your flavor. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, yeah? We retweeted it. It was so good. Um, <laughs> any, have you seen anything particularly fun this week? Oh yeah, I mean, it's this has been like a smorgasbord for uh, you know the. Uh, the boomers and the like the older boomers, especially, I think like they, that generation of people is going to live about 12 to 18 years longer than we expect just off the back of a cancel culture war. Like it is (laughs) new life. It is giving them new creativity. People have been retired for, uh, you know, a decade and a half at this point are finding uh are finding a new lease on life by making like a a one fish two fish red fish blue fish meme uh (laughs) all nazis or something yeah cancel culture has a cocoon like effect on these people the more memes there's like this this discharge more life into them yeah for sure uh, one one meme that I that I love was uh yeah Dr. Seuss was in uh standing behind the Coca-Cola bear and the Mr. Potato Head uh, and underneath it says cancel culture and Dr. Seuss is saying is this the line for unemployment <laughs> yes. I saw that one I wasn't even sure what it meant because I thought that Republicans were the ones who canceled Coke 
that's what's funny is they've already forgotten that they were the ones who were mad at Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're, they recognize what cancel culture is, which is just consumers being mad at a product of some <laughs> on one side or another, but they just forgot that it was them that time. Oh man. That's such a good self own. That's so fucking funny. All right, man. Well, thanks for talking to me guys. Uh, yeah, man. Hopefully I'll see you. I don't know in the next year or something like that. Whenever the fuck, we can go outside. <laughs> hey, come, come to California. I would love to drive you around again. I want to eat some of that bread, yo. I'm coming back. I'll get you some of that bread. We'll get some of that bread out of your way. All right, cool. All right, see you guys. All right, thanks, peace. Alright, main show. Alright, hello everyone. Um, Anders Lee is here. Anders Lee here. Um, representing, what was your service job? You are like a waiter back in the day? I was a waiter and a courier. And a, I've also been a dishwasher and a busboy and a, um, whatchamacallit, counter service wow. server. Look at all those shiny metals. Chipotle style, yeah. <laughs> I, when you work at a Chipotle style restaurant, they remind you every five minutes that you're, this is not chipotle right they're constantly like, putting down chipotle if you work at a like a counter service thing they're like we're not chipotle i like you calling chipotle a restaurant you know that's nice <laughs> <laughs> um and we are also joined by a special guest from the foh podcast lillian devane welcome to the show hello thanks for having me hey boys mm-hmm. i'm so glad to have you um so I heard that you were doing a service industry podcast, and it took me a while to fucking get around to listening to it. Just I'm a <laughs> totally fine, you know. It's triggering. Pretty mm-hmm. thin, and <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm such a huge fan. I'm glad I finally did it. Uh, it's fucking great, and I'm so, I'm so fucking. I think every like person who, especially comics, should do stuff like this because there's such a culture in comedians to like. Uh, you know, we're all temporary embarrassed millionaire types or whatever. Right, um, right. And I think it really, it sucks that there's not just like a, a fl- for functional purposes, it sucks that people have to lie about their day job because then what that does is it allows rich people to come in and they look like everyone else. And so then they right. just fly past everyone. Right. But also right. it just, it, it offends my sensibilities as a fun, like dish pit dirt bag who like, no, it's like, let's talk about bartending and waiting tables. No, and stuff, totally. You know? Totally. Fun. Yeah. It shouldn't be a weird, like shame thing to like have a job. It's like so bizarre. Yeah. yeah I know. It's so weird. <laughs> Artists are so fucking precious. I hate them. I know. Really the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so I so I like your show a lot for that reason. Also, yeah. um, I think it overlaps with some stuff that we're probably going to talk about. Um, I have one question right off the bat. Is it deliberately a double entendre FOH front of yes. house and fuck out of here? Okay, <laughs> yes, it absolutely is. Yeah, that was the whole plan from the beginning. Nice. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that. And it was like two years ago. I was really into it. But yes, it is. Yes. That's timeless. so funny. <laughs> yeah, it, a common refrain. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I uh, that's good. Well, in, sorry. In case people don't know, there is a distinction between front of house and back of house. I remember when I first got was applying for my first 
restaurant job at 18, I didn't know the difference. So I would apply to places and they would ask me front of house or back of house. And I'd be like, uh, middle of You're like, is there air conditioning in both? Sort of yeah. like <laughs> the vibe here. Right. Um, the answer is no, but, um, <laughs> yeah, um, there, we, you know, we like to promote cross house solidarity, but, uh, Hell yeah. everyone, you know, there's different assholes in, in both. So, you know, just which asshole do you want to be or be around, I guess. I moved from back of house to front of house, and I consider myself like a Horatio Alger story of <laughs> the restaurant. I'm a myth that they bring out to try to convince people to be Republicans. <laughs> no, yeah, you're you're a you're a folk legend. You know that's great. Um, yeah, I mean it's often. There's, you know, you might imagine, and I'm sure you've heard many grudges between both. And, uh, you know, they do that on purpose, you know, of yeah. course, they do that on purpose. So we really need to, you know, find the common enemy, which is, of course, the boss. So, you know. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, obviously. I'm not even a customer. Like. Yes. Oh, yeah, both. Yeah, you're getting it <laughs> from all angles. So you really have to, yeah, you know, have to come together. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that going on in this episode. Um yeah, I'm, I'm not even joking, man. A lot of this, a lot of stuff that kind of made me into a fucking communist originated with just thinking about the restaurant and going like, yeah. wait a minute, this thing they're telling you where you can work your way up is like a myth and all this stuff. Totally. Like, why? No, it's like the perfect, like, it's like a fucked up, perfect little microcosm of every problem and every like class problem. Everything is just inside of a restaurant. It's totally bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I want to talk a little bit in uh, this part of the show, I guess, about, let's start off with this. None of us are actually working in the service industry right now. Might as well just come out and <laughs> come out mm-hmm. and say yeah, it, you know? Yeah, stolen valor, stolen valor 100% <laughs> this whole year, yeah. Um, I'll start with my story. So I was on my way out, right? I was a bartender for a long time, and what I did was I switched to delivering pizzas while I was getting into podcasting as like a fucking, you know, I was like, I'm going to give this a couple years. And if, if it fucking doesn't work, I'm going to go back to making the money. But what I was doing was totally. like listening to a lot of audiobooks and stuff. And like, it's real, it's more flexible and stuff mm-hmm. and using it as research for the show. And then, you know, still kind of needing to do it on the side, but we were, I was just about where I could like kind of stop when COVID happened. And then like the people I was living with were like, do you need to go deliver pizzas that bad? And I was like, nah, I can chill. And, uh, what happened is I was working for like an app, you know, and yeah. if you stopped, I stopped for long enough that they like rebooted the app and you had to like re-sign up and shit. And I didn't do it. And I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm like broke. Like it's, you know, but I'm not, we're not spending any money. Like we're just hanging out inside. Right. Oh God. Yes. Sorry. But I was still like living fucking on a shoestring. And what happened to me this year is that I, when I went to jail, I got arrested from fucking, uh, getting smashed up by the cops. Mm-hmm. I lost my phone, and so it was this whole fucking ordeal, and when I finally got a phone and turned it on, I logged into, like, my bank account, and all of the back unemployment had dropped at the same time. Holy shit. And it was for, they, they paid you retroactively for the months, like, the last few right, months right, right. or whatever, and uh, I have, I just, I've, I'm a hobo, so I have a low, you know, cost of living. <laughs> right. And so it just... Like, can of beans. Yeah, you get excited. Yeah. Yeah, so it set me pretty hard. So I'm not, like, gonna 
I'm not gonna claim you know I'm gonna knock on wood when I say this like I don't know I'm not I'm not working in the service industry right now you know um mm-hmm. might go back yeah. to it or whatever but uh but I haven't done one of these episodes in a year and part of that is fucking probably because I haven't been thinking about it because I've been fucking working all the time so uh yeah <laughs> I don't want to disrespect anyone by claiming you know or stealing valor or whatever <laughs> right 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 no totally totally yeah it's a weird place to be in for sure especially like not even that you like it's your identity or anything but it's just like been if it's been a part of what you do or your life or like your brain it's just like very weird to not have it yeah yeah um, so I guess, you know, what I was going to do on the show is I'm, I'll be talking to a lot of my friends about just like nightmare stories they have and stuff. But, uh, but I listened to your show and I, I, you know, I, I liked that you sort of looked into like the debunking, like the PR that small business owners do and shit like that. And looking into where the money really goes, you had a really good episode on like, you know, quote unquote charity that you see. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a, I've been fighting with this like comedy club owner. I don't want to drag anyone else into this. If anyone's trying to work. Yeah. Well. I've seen a little bit. I've seen a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I caught, I knew he was doing this sort of shit and he keeps going like, you know, we are providing, you know, benefits for all these workers and comedians and stuff. Yada, yada, yada. So I looked into what he was doing and it was pretty much what you guys are covering on the show, which is like, um, he's working with this group called the New York city hospitality Alliance, which is, I fucking, hate them so much i know they're so terrible they're the worst they're the worst yeah it's a Mm -hmm. like a fuck sounds like a group andrew cuomo thought of like he just named this group of entrepreneurs or something yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, like when he was coming up with his like women's bus or whatever (laughs) women's equality party yeah yeah Their thing is, it's like it presents itself as like you know the, a person who's not fucking keyed up on this shit might think, oh, this is like good for service industry workers, and it's like no, it's an alliance for the dickheads that own all these restaurants. Yes, it's a lobbying group, right? Yeah, and they yeah. fucking lobby, and you know, small business owners get used as uh, you know this this really clever like rhetorical tool for mm-hmm. politicians who are catering to like capitalist interests. Um, yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that. I'm not really gonna go off the deep end. If you're, uh, <laughs> yeah. if you're listening and you're curious, there's a really good citations needed episode about it. I would recommend. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so the, <laughs> this is just something that, like, if once you catch on to the way this this stuff works mathematically, you can kind of see it everywhere. And I saw uh, something that made me kind of laugh, which is this article in the New York Post a day or two ago about how my favorite paper I really <laughs> love their stuff yeah yeah this is, this is in um their business section a sub category of the business section called side dish which mm. is for mm-hmm. food i guess Manifique. Mm, yummy it's how nyc eateries are enticing staff to get the covid19 vaccine and then there's like a graphic of a guy he's like a restaurant owner from someplace called harvest kitchen he's just holding a plate of what appear to be beige cubes. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like, yeah, like white <laughs> cubes. Just like butter, tofu, something. Yeah, you can't quite make it out. Not um, not appealing in any way, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so what weird. white people's poop looks like, in case anyone's yeah. wondering. Jesus Christ, Anders. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, so he's enticing his, uh, his employees <laughs> with this plate of white blob. 
And uh, anyway, the no. whole the whole tack of the article is like, you know, this guy, Jeremy Wolotis, is offering to pay his employees $25 each to get vaccinated. And Shake Shack staffers are getting an extra six hours of pay. And Starbucks is shelling out four hours of pay for employees who get protected by the virus. These are all people who pay minimum wage, so it's like not very right. much money, you know. No, no, no. It's also like, yes, it's bare minimum, like what they should always be doing. But it's always in everything like this where you're like the spin on it. It's just like, OK, they just want mo- it's just money. That's all it is. Like they just want their employees, mm-hmm. don't want their employees to get sick and they have to shut down. I mean, it's just like it's perfect sense for them. Like that's not because they love their employees or want them to be healthy or safe. Like it's never about that anyways. Yeah. So. No, there it's, but it's spin for real. Mm-hmm. Like always. Mm-hmm. The, the, I think, I think I figured this one out. I'm not entirely sure, but I, when I looked into it and so it's legal to require your employees to get vaccinated. You can mm-hmm. do that as a business. Mm-hmm. And they're saying like, well, we don't want to do that. Cause like, um, you know, they, they cited some bogus study that said like, uh, Oh, like 30% of workers don't believe in the vaccine or something. It's like, not true. It's a bogus right, right, fucking right. study. Yes. Everyone's trying yes. to get vaccinated. Right. Um, yes. <laughs> and they're saying like, Oh, there's people with like religious purposes and all this stuff. And so I think what happened is if you are an employer and you, abide by the rule you go like uh oh we're gonna require our employees to get the vaccine you're now like liable if something goes wrong right. in the vaccination process if there's like side effects and also the other thing is if someone does decide and this you know this is kind of a weird situation but if so, if a worker does go i don't want to get vaccinated you then have to fire them if you don't want them to fucking you know to be on the payroll still which I right. think makes them eligible for unemployment. So I think this is a workaround to where you mm-hmm. don't, you can't, like they can't be fired in the way of whatever we don't get unemployment. I think right, uh, and so that makes sense. That could be the but the spin on that is like the real story is like you know these people don't want to require their workers to get vaccinated. The, but but you know so now the story is like benevolent fucking mm-hmm. restaurant owners mm-hmm. paying people yeah. upwards I mean, of $35 to get it's <laughs> fuck off like fuck off I mean the amount of like gorgeous fawning PR that small business small quote small business owners have gotten through this past year is like absolutely fucking disgusting it's just like they are all horrible people without exception sorry they just are they always have been and now they're just like the most suffering and there's never any i mean the amount of like no one's writing about the workers very few and if they are they're like these poor sad undocumented dying people and it's like that's not the story like that is a story <laughs> but it's not like it's just it's so depraved everyone is such a fucking moron and just takes all of this bait and all of this pr and just eats it up and spits it out it's so insane to me yeah, Whatever. I mean it's it's never worker oriented and like no, of course. I think that was illustrated pretty well if you follow my various internet fights uh, <laughs> with this guy who owns a comedy club who was like you know he was doing this essentially he was trying to spin a lot of what he was doing as like you know I'm trying to help you know comedians and all these fucking. If they people. don't have jobs, then they can't. Yeah, it's that whole thing. Like I'm giving them jobs. Yeah, it's. Uh-huh. I looked into it, and I think what was happening is that. So, if you own a small business in the last year, you were eligible for these PPP loans. Was it public, mm-hmm. private, whatever? Fucking. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
So you would get these loans and they're public. You can search them like they're public. Uh, what do you call it? Information or whatever. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I looked him up. He's got fucking tens of thousands of them. And <laughs> you, so they're loans though. You have to pay them back unless you meet like a qualifier of I paid this much. 60%. In, yeah. 60% payroll. In like wages. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so I think that what a lot of owners are trying to do, or I know that, I mean, I don't know if it's this specific guy or whatever, but like yeah. a lot of stories are coming about, about how like people would get like fired and then they would get hired back. They go, wait, no, please come work because we need you to work a certain amount so that we mm -hmm. can keep the rest of the loan and you're not allowed to keep it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's not like people are getting like hired back at like $40 an hour. Like they're, they're hiring back. I mean, anecdotally, like I I know a lot of people from places who worked in New York City who got let go and they never got asked to come back and they hired a bunch of new people at mm. a lower like that's just what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? So that's how they're getting around it. I, I assume. Oh, it's the it's the Paycheck Protection Program. Just so we right. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't specify whose paychecks were protected. Right, exactly. Really. And I mean, I feel like owners will just put themselves on the like. I, I, there's so many ways to get to scam it obviously and yeah. all of these people are monsters and they know how to scam and they've been scamming everybody because yeah, tom they're business brady's, owners tom brady's company got a ppp loan apparently yeah right it's like all the chain like we've all heard it you know like shake jack mm -hmm. got one it's just like yeah. it's a joke i looked up the yeah. comedy store and i can't remember they had something insane like eight hundred thousand dollars or something <laughs> like <laughs> so crazy what is happening and then like all the GoFundMe, it's just like there's so much money and it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously the right people aren't getting it. Yeah. That's kind of the main point. So there's like a, there's like a DSA working group right now. That's sort of on a little campaign, you know, the, yeah, what are those scams like, up to? Yeah. Um, you know, the, 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 I think the, the line is like 50% for workers or something like that. Um, the idea being that, you know, the, 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 they're telling people that this money is going towards, you know, people who work in restaurants, but it's just going towards the boss. You know, we should do something to try to get that fucking money into the pockets of workers. Um, yeah. I mean, I know my old boss, they just did renovations and then they're like, do you want to come in and paint for free during in April when the, you know, everyone had the virus? I said, I don't think I'll be coming into work after I've been laid off to paint the restaurant for free. But thanks for asking. It's like, <laughs> it's powerful. What? Fun. what? <laughs> like, it's so crazy. Yeah. It's like a white fence. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tom Sawyer style. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so the reason I brought this up is because, um, okay, so Andrew Yang, like, talked to this fucking small business tyrant that I've been beefing with or whatever, and... <laughs> when did... When? Uh, he was, like, tweeting about it and shit. It was, like, a week ago. Oh, my God. And this is why Andrew Yang's trash, man, and I'm really worried that he's doing so well in this mayor's race. Mm. Mm -hmm. He fucking, you know, came away and had some stupid Andrew Yang post about it where he was just like, oh, I talked to a comedy club. They're eager to get back to work and all this stuff. And he, Andrew Yang follows me and I fucking DM'd him. And I was like, hey, you know, I was, I'm going to cash in my one DM if I get one on this totally. thing. And it was like, here's my, here's <laughs> my take on this. You are talking to the bosses and not the workers about this. Uh, whose side are you on? Like, if you're running for mayor what are you trying to project here? You know, that you are on the side of a ton of people that work in restaurants or the people that exploit them and fucking, and he never fucking answered. Me. Right. 
but of course. I, I think that his like his kind of you know weird pseudo tech guy libertarianist whatever fake progressive thing is very <laughs> emblematic <laughs> of uh, yes the, you know what's going on behind these the veneer of this PR stuff. It's just such a bummer like, because I mean, it's honestly, like yeah I mean honestly I think his whole plan for like what we should do for manufacturing and jobs that are being automated we should do for the service industry. Like I, I used to enjoy going to restaurants a lot more when I worked in one. But ever since I stopped, it's like I have a lingering anxiety about uh, just entering one and interacting with one. It's just like I can't do it anymore. And like I just have reached the point where it's like we don't need to be doing this. This is a charade. This is a joke, especially with COVID. We're just making people instead of just giving them unemployment, we're making people go to these jobs and risk their health for, for other people's like – leisure you know and it's this, mm-hmm. we, we set up these disgusting like gazebos uh next to homeless people sleeping on the street like we don't need to dine out like just mm-hmm. uh, you can have a place people go and make food and share with each other we don't need the service industry i don't i mean i, I that's extreme i know but if we if we can start transitioning away from like manufacturing and other you know coal or whatever then we can start you know, giving people money and retraining for like green jobs or something away from like that's that's the direction we should be going in with uh, Yangism, not like, you know, giving money to prop up these small business tyrants so they can keep exploiting service industry workers. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way to do it. I mean, restaurant industry, it, it's not like a, the model is not, it cannot hold. It's not a good yeah. model. It's based on exploitation, obviously. But I mean, you could do, I mean, there have been some like, you know, community based, like a collective rest, like that's something that could happen. I don't think right. the service industry is like useless or valueless. Like I think it has its place sure. in, in our community, but, um, but yeah, I mean, in New York city, it's like, it's a disgusting corporate like real it's a real estate business essentially that's it it's and it's for you know and it's like yeah it's it's but andrew yang i mean i'm not surprised that he's going like the worst possible he's talking to the worst people about anything like everything yeah (laughs) (laughs) such a moron yeah i think i might not be entirely on uh abolish restaurants just yet um well (laughs) Maybe a little bit. I'm going to actually talk a little bit on another section of the show about a uh, really cool piece of uh, literature that ends with that idea, but it's a very utopian idea. I'm a bit more of a mm-hmm. co-op guy, honestly. Totally. Um, I've right. You know, I've lived in, in near and uh, been to frequently or frequented, rather, is the word I was looking for, some, uh, some very well-functioning co-ops. I think it could totally work. And my kind of dream is to introduce that into the ecosystem of comedy clubs because mm. the problem is usually the fucking person that owns the place. But yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I get, yeah. The, I mean, the worst thing about kind of this pandemic coming to an end to me is that I think there was an opportunity to kind of, at least in the way Anders was just talking about, like take advantage of the moment. And it's not happening because politics in this country are just fucking all oriented behind like bailing out these fucking dickheads Mm -hmm. and making little shady deals with them, you know? Yeah. No, totally. Um, let's see. I think that probably everything that I had outlined, uh, I'm going to pause for a second. All right, what were you saying about delivery, Anders? Well, just like that's a you know a site of 
um, a lot of uh, danger, I think, right now, and it has been for the past year, right? The that's probably what I would be doing if I didn't luck out on like getting a, a job like just a few months before this shit broke. But um, like the fact that Prop Twenty Two passed in California is not an accident, right? During mm-hmm. the pandemic, because uh, they want to prevent people who work for apps like Jake and I did uh, delivering food from being able to unionize and get healthcare and benefits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it looks pretty dim, but at the same time, I do think um, the pro act has some, some positive aspects to it. It's already being spun as like anti freelancer. Like, it, like people are trying to uh, drill in the idea that like, Oh, if you you're an independent contractor, this is going to hurt you. But really it gives you the ability if it were to pass to form a freelancers union. So you would be able to, to get benefits and healthcare and regular wages and stuff. And uh, I think that's a really important site of struggle. And like, even after the the pandemic, right. Cause um, yeah, that's sort of uh, like tr- slowly becoming the norm for a lot of workers in, in America is having to work for these apps. It's still a minority of people, but um, like if that's, that's it, Yeah. There's, there's If that's becoming the norm, there's a limit to how much people can take of not having any rights to organize or bargain or anything. Uh, so at some point, there has to be a, a breaking point. So I think I, – I don't know. I'm, I'm somewhat optimistic about, uh, about the PRO Act, which I keep talking about on this podcast and people should, should phone bank for. But, uh, or it could just continue getting worse and um, Prop 22-ization will subsume the entire country. Well, hmm. I, I'm pretty happy because the Chamber of Commerce is angry about it, which means it's probably cool. Yeah. Uh, apparently, all like every freshman uh, representative that they endorsed voted against it, and they're just like having a meltdown on Twitter about it. Like, but I endorsed you, you freshman. <laughs> right, a couple Republicans voted for the Pro Act in Congress. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I mean, I think this year there have been some really cool things to come from all of this. And I think for the first time, at least to, to me, which I, I try to keep pretty good track of all you know news with the service industry and labor. But um, I mean, I, we've heard of people in New York City who are I am blanking on their name, but like delivery workers are like starting to they are organizing like that on their yeah. own and like independent of these. So like it's happening. I mean they saw how much everybody needed them and how quote unquote essential they were and they can't use the bathroom when they're doing their job. And it's just like, they're like, this sucks. Like it's always sucked, but now they're like, what the hell, you know? And it's, mm-hmm. I think it's really, I think it is inspiring not to be corny, but like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it will be good. I don't know. I hope. No, it's cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So to kind of circle back on what we were talking about at the top of this, uh, I guess I just wanted to ask you, like, how did you decide to start your show? Um. Um, basically, it was, I mean, I feel like similar to you. I just, I've been doing this kind of work for like 10 years while I was doing various other creative projects. And I was like, I just have this whole other world of knowledge that I don't ever talk about. Like you were saying, it's like, I don't talk to people about it because it's like what I do for a living. But I was like, but I know it's so, there's so many things to talk about about the service industry that people don't think about. And also I was just like, everyone is such an asshole in restaurants without even realizing it. And I was like, if I, if I can just reach one person, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, (laughs) I just want you to know that you're like such a dick. And so that was part of my motivation. It was purely selfish really, but, um, (laughs) 
but yeah, mostly that, I guess. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm a, I was a comedian, so I had to have a podcast, you know? Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> yeah, uh, just... the dick thing is quite noble. Yes, right? I, I'm really trying to perform a service for everybody, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. We're going to say I have several uh, hits. I have several hits out on different customers throughout the New York City area, customers and bosses that I've uh, deployed. You never forget. Yeah. What what is like the most annoying thing customers do in your estimation? Oh, my God. It's just like, I know, it's just like a general like aura, I guess. I just also, (laughs) I just them being there. No, I guess I just work with i mostly at the end sort of was serving in higher end places so it's just like the more money you make just like they really make you work for it because they're horrible um i guess it's just really just a a, and the higher up you go it's just a non-acknowledgement of you as a person i think that is like this really strange thing like i love working at bars where it's like what's up dude like here's a beer and a shot like let's talk for a second you know i'm a person and then Uh when you're serving people Carpaccio or whatever the fuck, they're just like you are a pair of hands to get me what I need, <laughs> yeah. and I you don't have eyes actually, and or, right. or a name, you know. Um, so that I think is just like the dehumanization. The higher up you get in the service industry, is like such a bizarre thing that no right. one really yeah. talks about. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's what they're it's buying, little... you know. That's what's right, for sale. Right. Yeah. A fucking servant. I used totally to. I, have, I can't remember if I've ever brought it up on the series because I, I thought I went through all my jobs already. But uh, I worked briefly <laughs> at the River Cafe when I first moved to New York, which is like this restaurant that's like underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, but in like a, it's down by like the, the famous carousel and all that shit. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it was destroyed by Hurricane. Uh, which one? That hit. Sandy. Yeah, and so they rebuilt it. They're rebuilding it right when I got here. And so I was able to get, a, get in because they just were hiring off a of Craigslist. But I mean, it was like they, I had to wear a white like tuxedo blazer and like Fuck. shave my face and like slick my hair back like a butler. And there was like <laughs> chandeliers and a guy tinkling on a piano and stuff. And like wow. you just had to be like, yo, Bay Breeze. Because they, <laughs> they drink like trash. <laughs> The rich people drink garbage drinks because they're all from generations of people that don't really understand like cocktails and stuff. So they just drink like a tequila sunrise and it costs like twenty five dollars. Totally. And like yes. fucking Joe Biden used to come in and like New York Fuck. mayors and shit like that. It was fucking crazy. Um, but I quit to go work in a burger place because I, after I a while it. I was just like I didn't move to New York to work in a fuck to to climb the restaurant industry. You know. <laughs> right. No, it's a yeah. very specific thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, the thing I hated the most was there's just like this. Uh, there's like no good way to do it. Like there are customers who get um, pissed off about complete opposite things when it comes to like <laughs> how much attention you're paying to them. Yeah, like some people are furious, walk away for like a second, and they need something, and then other people are furious if you like what they feel watched. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking to see if they need anything. So it's like this performance you have to do where you're like you're watching but you're not watching, and I had I posted this on uh, social media recently. But I, my worst Yelp review was when I had been like traveling for a couple of months and came back to New York and like picked up shifts at this restaurant I used to work at, and I like just what you know my head wasn't quite in the game of like playing that stupid little game. Sure. Pretending not to look at people while looking at them, and I was just happened to be like watching a big table to see if they needed anything. And then they wrote 
wrote a Yelp review. It was like, this almost redheaded server was glaring at us. And- <laughs> almost redheaded. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. No, it's so, I also think like truly the entitlement of, of guests, of customers has risen so sharply in the last decade. It's like, I don't yeah. know when, the, I mean, I guess it's like, from the recession when everyone, and it's going to happen again, like maybe even worse, but like from the recession when everyone was like, okay, we need people to come in. We have to be as, we have to do everything possible to make them happy. And I think uh-huh. it's like that desperation made everyone just be like following people around with like tiny little plates and napkins. It's like, we don't need to do that. Like you can just come in and play by the rules of the restaurant and chill yeah. the fuck out. Like stop. <laughs> it's enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's all it's like it's, that's part of it. There's that like material kind of explanation coming from below. And there's also like the surveillance of like Yelp and stuff like that. Totally. I've met so many dickheads who like don't understand any of this stuff. And like, you know, you'll be out eating with them and they'll just pull out their phone. and They'll be like, this is great because it helps them run the restaurant better. And you're like, no, no, no. you are a cop. Fuck yes. off. <laughs> yes. No, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, oh, for man. sure. Cool. Well, um, well, anyway, uh, I yeah, I appreciate you uh, doing the show, and I just think every fucking everybody who can should do stuff like this so that uh, you know people know how the other half lives and stuff. Yeah, totally. No, <laughs> thanks for having me. It was super fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, where can my listeners find you and listen to your show and all that stuff? Um, we're on iTunes and Spotify. It's FOH with Kelly Sullivan and Elaine Devane. Um, post on Instagram a good amount. It's um, FOH Pod. Um, and then we have a Patreon, like like everybody else. We talk about like all the stuff we don't normally talk about, like Art Bell, Ruby Ridge, whatever you want to hear. We talk about on Patreon, so you <laughs> get the, you get all those get all those worlds. Yeah, so nice. we cover all the bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, lots of content. <laughs> what? What? How? How does Ruby Ridge play into restaurants? We don't link it. It's not like, uh, what did they eat? It's not like, a, you know what I mean? Okay. It's, it's, what was the cuisine like? You know what I mean? Was, um, uh, rustic sort of. No. Right. Today we're talking about Ruby Ridge and Ruby Tuesday. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> What are the connections? Are there any? You know? Um no, no, just... Randy Weaver's uh, bratwurst. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was homemade, smoked, delicious. You know, okay. I mean, if it were today, you know, with awards. Um, no, it's just stuff that we don't talk because we, we are kind of pigeonholed a little bit in this way, you know. So we're like, whatever, whatever we want to talk about, we talk about on Patreon. So yeah, know? no, totally. I mean, yeah. you're a comic, so your show is just your base of operations. And... <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, I, we, I did an. Ep- I've done episodes of it. Much weirder shit on the show, and we've done Ruby Ridge. Yeah. There have, you go. Yeah. Well, I'll listen up. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Cool. That was our episode. Please, if you enjoy the show, rate and review and subscribe to us on i iTunes. And if you want to buy a T-shirt, there's a merch store called. PodDamnAmerica.BigCartel.com And if you really like the show, you want to hear more episodes, go to Patreon.com slash PodDamnAmerica and you give us $5 and then there's more episodes in a Discord server. You can talk to your friends on the Discord and... Sometimes we do, you know, we watch movies, movies and things like that. Okay, it's finished.